Thank you for joining us for the True Life Fellowship Church podcast. Here is today's message from Pastor Devon Alexander. Open your Bibles to Romans chapter 1 and meet me at verse 17. Romans chapter 1 and verse 17. And we're going to continue our conversation that we started a few weeks back about faith. Want to welcome everybody once again on the live stream, watching the replay. Welcome everybody in the building. So glad that you are joining me today. The Holy Spirit is here among us and he's going to teach us some things today. Paul tells us in verse 17, for in, the, for in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith as it is written, the just shall live by faith. Will you say the just shall live by faith with me? Come on, say it with me. The just shall live by faith. Let's say it one more time. Come on. The just shall live by faith. The just shall live by faith. Who shall live by faith? The just. And how shall the just live? By faith. by faith. Now, the just are those that have been declared righteous. Or you can say the justified. They're the ones that God is treating as if they have never sinned. The righteous are in right standing with God, meaning God is accepting their condition in on behalf of the Lord Jesus Christ. So when you have been declared just, you have been declared righteous and you've been declared righteous through faith in Christ Jesus. Matter of fact, Romans chapter 10 verses 9 and 10 Romans chapter 10, verses 9 and 10 says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Verse 10 tells us, for with the heart one believes unto righteousness, there it is again, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. And so it takes faith to believe that you have been declared righteous in the sight of God. God is treating you just as if you have never sinned. You are not a sinner. You are righteous. There's a difference between being a sinner and being righteous. A sinner is someone who has not declared Jesus the Lord and Savior of their life. But someone that has declared Jesus the Lord and Savior of their life has been declared righteous in right standing with God. And so you cannot be a sinner and be righteous. You can only be one or the other. The good thing is that righteous people, unfortunately, we do sin, but we have an advocate with the Father, Christ Jesus, who forgives us of all of our sin. So we are still righteous even when we sin. Sin doesn't make us unrighteous. We're still in right standing with God because of Jesus Christ, not because of your own righteousness, not because of your own effort, not because of your own work, but because the righteousness which is found in Christ Jesus has made you righteous. You didn't become righteous. You have been made righteous. And because you have been made righteous, God is looking at you as if you've never missed the mark before and you've never sinned. And you got to receive this by faith. But this is also important. The just shall live by faith. And so those of us that have been declared righteous shall also live by faith. So faith is a way of living. 
Faith is not optional. Faith is mandatory. Faith is not a suggestion. Living by faith is a requirement. And because we are the righteous, now we're required to live by faith. What does that mean? We're required to live as if God actually exists. We're required to live as if God actually is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Hebrews chapter 11, verses 6. We're to live by faith. So we are to be confident. We are to be persuaded. We are to know who we are in Christ. We are to live as if God exists. And too often many believers do not live like God exists. They live just like the world, but the just shall live by faith. Say that with me. The just shall live by faith. And so I want to uh, continue what we talked about on last Sunday. And I want you to turn to Mark 11 and go meet me at verse 12. Mark chapter 11 and meet me at verse 12. And we'll pick up here. Jesus is hanging out with his disciples and they are walking and they're heading from a town called Bethany. We see here in verse 12, it says, now the next day when they had come out from Bethany, he was hungry. Let's look at verse 13. And seeing from afar off a fig tree having leaves, he went to see if perhaps he would find something on it. When he came to it, he found nothing but leaves for he was not the season for figs. Verse 14, in response, Jesus said to it, let no one eat fruit from you ever again. And his disciples heard it. Now, I want you to pause here and I want you to track with me. Jesus is hungry. He's leaving town. He's walking with his disciples. He's extremely hungry. And he sees a fig tree which has leaves on it. Now, the interesting thing is Jesus saw this tree from afar off. So it was a far away and he recognized this tree, it had leaves, and so he hastily went towards the tree to find food on the tree. Because the tree had leaves, that communicated to Jesus that it should have also had figs. This is why Jesus went to the tree, because it had leaves, it should have had figs as well, but it didn't have figs. And so Jesus noticed that the tree was a problem. The problem was it should have had figs and it didn't. And Jesus cursed the tree because the tree professed to have fruit and it didn't. The tree was pretending to have fruit. Uh, the tree was a hypocrite. And it's interesting that the only time in Scripture we see Jesus curse something is this fig tree. He cursed the fig tree because the fig tree was pretending to have fruit. How many Christians are in here or online or watching or in the world are pretending? Are pretending like you're a real believer? Are pretending like you have a, you, you are, you're, you're a saint of God? You have some form of godliness but you're denying the power thereof. Jesus spoke to the, uh, the, the religious rulers all the time. He called them hypocrites. You're pretending. He, 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 he called them play acting. And, he, and he, he was against them. And so when they heard this, they knew that Jesus was talking to them. 
because Jesus knew that they were pretending and he's saying anything that's not real, I'm cursing it. Stop pretending. Somebody shout, stop pretending. pretending. Now, I thought this was interesting because in verse 14, we notice that in response to the fig tree, Jesus said to it, in response, he said, this is the curse. Let no one eat fruit from you ever again. And he said it loud enough that his disciples heard it. Now, I don't know if the disciples followed him to the tree or not. Remember, the tree was afar off. He ran to the tree. When he ran to the tree, he saw that there were no figs. Maybe the disciples stayed back and Jesus said it so loud that they heard it. Now go to Judges chapter 9, verses 11 real quick, or you look on the screen here. Judges chapter 9, verse 11. I thought this was interesting. It says, but the fig tree said to them, I'm just going to pause right there. That's all I'm going to read. The fig tree said, very interesting. Now let's go back to verse 14, Mark chapter 11 and verse 14, Mark chapter 11 and verse 14. In response, Jesus said to it, it being the fig tree. So the fig tree spoke. We see the fig tree was talking. Some of you look at me like I'm crazy. How in the world did the fig tree talk? Well, I'm, I'm telling you right now, your bank account be talking to you all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, your, <laughs> your computer, your TV, your car. We're not starting today. I know when I used to drive cars that didn't start right up, they used to talk to me all the time. We're not running today. We're going to be parked right here today. I mean, items talk to you. They don't have mouths, but you hear their voice. This fig tree said something to Jesus. And Jesus responded to it with the curse. Is it possible that those things that are occurring in your life is talking to you? And instead of you just listening to it, that you can actually respond to it like Jesus did to the fig tree, that you can talk to things and items, and situations, and you can respond to what it's saying to you. When I got married, and, you know, one of the benefits of, I believe, of getting married is you're, you get with a partner who can strengthen your weaknesses. And you, you'll, when you get married, or those of you that are married, you understand that uh, <laughs> your partner knows your weaknesses, Your spouse, they know what your weaknesses are. And I didn't realize it, but I I pay the bills in our home. And I didn't realize that every time I pay the bills, I start biting my nails. I never bite my nails. I start doing all that. And and Stacy pointed out, she goes, have you noticed every time you you get done paying it, you come out of, you come out biting your nails? I didn't realize it. What what, what was going on? (laughs) My bank account was talking to me. You're going to run out of me. Ain't going to be no more me. The money was talking. Hey, hey we're going to run out. We're going to run out. But now I respond and I call it full. Bank account be full in the name of Jesus. Some of y'all think I'm crazy. Keep your mouth shut and let the money run out. I call it full in Jesus' name. Wallet be full. We got everything we need to pay every bill and any unexpected bill that comes up. Come on, somebody. I start talking to it. I talk to the checkbook. It lays right there. Now, thank God I don't 
use any checks anymore. I do write a tithe check, but I don't use any checks much anymore. But I'll talk to the checkbook, praise God. Now I talk to the bill pay. I sit online, I'll talk to it. Bill pay, be full. Be paid in full in Jesus' name. If you got bills that have been outstanding, talk to them. If you see doctor's report that are not favorable, talk to them. If you see reports coming home about your kids acting crazy, talk to the report. I didn't say talk to the principal and cuss them out. I said talk to the report. I didn't say mistreat the teacher because your kid acting crazy. I said talk to the report. And your kid, by praise the Lord. Talk to it. We, the, the power to have victory is in our mouth. We have victory on the inside of us and victory is released out of our mouth. And so we can talk to things. I told y'all a few weeks ago and I'll tell you again, one of, one of my children received a report that they, the, of some, some things that they were behind in some things. And I'll say it again, I thank God for people like Kelly Sawyer and, and Kara and Jeannie and those that work in this industry that help our children that may be behind in certain things. What kind of job y'all do again? I forgot. Occupational therapy. Thank you. Occupational therapy. They help us. Some people too proud to put their kids in occupational therapy. That's, that's ridiculous, by the way. But thank God for these ladies that handle and help our children get caught up to speed in some areas. And we got a report. This is you behind this, 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 this. Well, I could have just said, oh, this is this is God's will for my child, you know, and this is what God wanted me to do. Or I could find his perfect will in Scripture and begin to see that this is God's will for them. And I started to find verses that were telling me the promises of God over the condition that the report was saying my child was having. And after a couple of years, the report changed to say that everything is all right. Hallelujah. Well, I could have just sat back and just got all quiet. Or I could get the word of God and begin to say what the word of God says and begin to see things changed and rearranged. This is the spirit of faith. This is the power of faith that you operate in and the only reason you're not seeing the results that you're wanting to see is one, you're not utilizing the spirit of faith. You're too quiet. Or two, it's just not happened yet. It's happening, but it hasn't happened yet. Somebody say yet. yet. I mean, that means it's going to happen. Just hadn't happened yet. And so we see here in Mark chapter 11, verse 20. And we take a look at what happened. In verse 20, now in the morning, as they, Jesus and his disciples, passed by, they saw that fig tree dried up from the roots. My goodness. And Peter, remembering, it just happened yesterday, remembering said to him, Rabbi, teacher, look, the fig tree which you cursed has withered away. Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God. Will you say that with me? Have faith in God. Let's look at verse 23. For surely I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes those things he says will be done. He will have whatever he says. 
And we'll end in verse 24. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. Now, I want to take the rest of my moments to talk about this passage of Scripture, because if you have uh, any sort of uh, resolve (laughs) in you to get things done, to overcome challenges and difficulties, then you're going to have to to find out more about this passage of Scripture. And we find out here that Jesus is walking with his disciples. He had cursed the fig tree yesterday. He comes back. The fig tree is not just leaning over. The fig tree has dried up, withered away from the roots. So we understood that Jesus' words worked in the invisible realm first before it worked in the visible realm. Jesus' words started working underneath the surface before his word started producing what we could see. And so when you are speaking God's word, it is working in the invisible realm first before you can see the manifestation of it in the visible realm. And so don't belittle what you're saying. Don't think what you're saying is not beneficial. Don't think you confessing the word of God, it's not working. It is working. It's working first in the invisible realm before you see it in the visible realm. And, and in this situation, the manifestation happened in 24 hours. Jesus said it and he saw it in the 24 hours. But the cool thing is not only did Jesus just see it, the disciples heard it. And Peter said, look, Rabbi, teacher, look, that fig tree. I think Jesus was just going to walk right by the fig tree. Reggie, I do. I think he, he knew that I spoke to it and it's done. I'm, I'm going on. And if Peter didn't stop him, I believe he was just going to keep on walking. But Peter stopped him, turned, and said, look, teacher, rabbi, master, the tree you cursed, it's withered away. And Jesus said, listen, have faith in God. Notice Jesus didn't say have faith in yourself. Trust yourself. Rely on yourself. Depend on yourself. No, he says have faith in in God. You don't have no problems. All you need is faith in God. A guy by the name of R.W. Schambach used to say that all the time. You don't have no problems. All you need is faith in God. And so Jesus says to them, have faith in God. Say that with me. Have faith in God. Now say it this way. Say it after me. Have Faith in God. We've got, we, our faith is not in our faith. Our faith is not in our, another person. Our faith is not in our own ability. Our faith is not in our degree or our talent or our creativity. Our faith is not in our bank account. Our faith is not in our rich grandfather. Our faith must be in God. And so Jesus said, if, if you have faith in God, Everything is possible for you. Everything is possible when you have faith in God. And then he stops and he says to them, he says, you know, surely I say to you, and he pointed at a mountain. He said, if you would say to this mountain, now a mountain is any insurmountable problem, any difficulty, any obstacle. And in scripture, mountain is usually referred to any type of obstacle. He says that, 
if you are, were to speak to the mountain and you say, be removed and be cast into the sea, if you were to talk to the mountain, I mentioned it last week and I'll say it again. He says it in this verse three times, say to the mountain, say to the mountain, say to the mountain. And we have some gospel songs that say that, you know, get God to move the mountain. He never said, God never said he was going to move the mountain. He said, just like I spoke to the fig tree and the fig tree withered away, you speak to the mountain and the mountain will be removed. We, we have got accustomed to God. Can you get this removed out of my life? And God's like, I'm, I, I've given you the power to move it. This is where the holdup is. Well, why did, why didn't, why did Sister Shirley die? Did Sister Shirley say out of her mouth, I am the healed? Did she believe this in her heart? Now, this is hard preaching. Or did, was she saying, God, if you could do something, God, if you could do something, God, if you could do something. This is religion. God, if you could do something, and God's saying in this passage and several other passages, you get my word, have faith in God, and you release your authority out of your mouth, and you get things changed and rearranged with the words of your mouth utilizing my words. Our words in and of ourselves are nothing without God's word. And so we're going to have to put his word in our mouth, and then we can speak to our difficulties and our obstacles and our hindrances, and we could say things to them, and over time, they could be changed or rearranged. Now, Sister Shirley may have wanted to go to heaven, and that's completely fine. That's fine. You don't have no right to try to keep somebody here if they want to go to heaven. And we need to stop really, uh, we need to stop really grieving over people passing. Oh, I'm just, I, I'm just grieving. I'm grieving. I, I, it's been three, three years and I'm still grieving over it. Guess what? You and I going to pass one day too. And that person's in a better place, especially if they were in pain and they left here. Thank God they got out of this pain and went to a better place. We need to be celebrating that they're departing and said, oh, so, you know, oh, man, so-and-so died and I just, oh, I can't get over it. I can't, I can't get, you can get over it. Here's why. Because we have this blessed hope that one day we're going to pass and we're going to see Jesus and we're going to heaven. And if that person that you're grieving over has passed went to heaven, you're being selfish. Let them go to heaven. Now, if they went to hell, then what you need to do is start telling everybody, uh, my friend passed and went to hell, and I don't want you to go to hell either. Are you listening to me? And I'll do, I do funerals sometimes for people that, I, that, you know, I don't know if they went to hell, but nobody told me they were saved. And they'd be like, can you say that so-and-so's in heaven? I'm not going to say they're in heaven because I don't think they are in heaven. Okay? But I'll let, I'll let y'all know that he don't want y'all to come to the place he at right now. Come on, somebody. And so, I don't know why I got off of that, but it's important that we say, 
I really believe that God is sitting sometimes, sitting with his hands folded, and come on, God, would you do something? It's like, listen, I've given you the power to get it done. I've given you the authority. What he's given us, honestly, he's given us the authority to get it done. He still, he, he has the power. We have the authority. What's the difference? If there was a police officer standing in the middle of the road, and I'm driving my car, and I'm going 55 miles an hour, and he's standing in the road, and he has his hand like this. He doesn't have the power to stop me, right? He can't stop my car, but he has the authority to stop me. That's the difference. He carries that, that uniform on, and the authority he has to stop me is because of the uniform he wears. We are wearing the armor of God. Woo, I'm preaching better than y'all saying Amen. But we're wearing the armor of God and we carry the authority. And when we have God's armor on, Satan doesn't know if that's Jesus in there or, or you in there, Sierra. He don't know any difference because you covered in the armor of God. Somebody shout amen. amen. So when you're releasing your faith and, and you're saying things, Jesus is basically telling these guys whosoever can have whatsoever. It's not just get me to say it. He says, no. Whosoever shall say to the mountain. That means if you believe it, you are whosoever shall say to the mountain, be thou, be, be thou removed and be thou cast in the sea and shall not doubt in his heart. I want to talk about that. Shall not doubt in his heart simply means you are not going to allow negativity to override or overwhelm your faith. Negativity, worry, concern, doubt, anxiousness, all of that. What you hear on TV, what Pookie talking about. What Ray Ray talking about, you ain't going to allow all of that to overwhelm your seed of faith on the inside of you. And if you don't doubt in your heart or you don't allow that external conditions to overwhelm you or get on the inside of you and choke out what you believe in God for, then you can say to the mountain, be thou removed, be thou cast on the sea. I'm not doubting in my heart. I'm not allowing it to be overwhelmed. But I believe those things I say. This is also important. You're going to have to believe what you say. And this is why lying is so critical. I, I, I cannot stand lying or liars. I can work with people that cuss. I can work with people that fuss. I can work with people that do all kinds of things, but I cannot work with somebody that, that's lying all the time. I can't do it. I can't do it because you're more like Satan when you lie than in any other way, right along with pride. I mean, it is, it is like, he, Jesus even said, you're like your father, Satan, who is, you, you know, the father of lies. And so lying is critical because you're going to have to believe what you say. So when you are talking to obstacles, challenges, conditions, difficulties, reports, you're going to have to believe what you say. And sometimes it takes time to believe what you say. <laughs> it, it takes time to believe what you say. And this is why I just keep saying it. Because I'm trying to get myself to, even, to believe what I'm saying. Are you listening? I'm trying to get it in my heart. This is why liars are so critical because they start believing the lies. And then you confront them with truth and, and they believe the lie so much that they're trying to convince you that's not truth. No, 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 no. You can do it the other way 
and, and begin to say what God's word says. And, in the, and, and as you say it, you believe it. You're, you got a, a fence against negativity. This is why I don't, when I'm believing God for something critical, I don't watch a lot of craziness. I don't listen to a lot of craziness when I'm, when I need something serious because I don't want negativity to get on the inside of me. I'm not being legalistic. I don't want the negativity to get in me because I'm trying, I'm working on something. I'm believing God for something big. And I don't need to hear, well, black men, black men can't own that. I don't need to hear stuff like that. Well, I'm, I'm a, I'm a woman and I can't, I can't, you know, women, women can't do that. I don't need to hear, you don't need to hear stuff like that. You need to keep that stuff out. And say, I'm a whosoever. And the spirit of faith has no racism. Glory to God. Or, 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 or no, no genderism. Is that the word? I don't know. But the, the spirit of faith can supersede all of that. And faith, once released out of your mouth, can get difficulties removed completely out of your life. Your mountain needs to hear your voice. Your situation, well, Pastor, can I get you to speak to the mountain? Your mountain needs to hear your voice. Did you hear me? I like this. Sometimes people ask me, uh, Pastor, can you, can you pray over this? Yeah. Now, what are you praying? I'm not praying. No, I can't do your praying for you. You're going to have to pray. And I'm going to have to add my prayer to your prayer. But I can't do it for you unless you're just in a compromised situation that you can't move your mouth, then I can intercede. Somebody shout intercede. intercede. Now watch this. Verse 24, Mark 11, verse 24. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. This is not going to be on the screen, but Proverbs 15, 29 in the Passion Translation says this. The Lord doesn't respond to the wicked but he's moved to answer the prayers of the righteous. I like that. He's moved to answer the prayers of the righteous. So watch this. Verse 24, Jesus says, I say to you, whatever things, somebody say things. <clears throat> Excuse me. Whatever things you ask when you pray, believe you receive them and you might have them? No. You will. This is, this, this is actually more than a promise. This is a law that works every single time. One thing, one thing about laws that I like is they always work. The law of gravity. I like to fly in airplanes. I like airplanes. The law of gravity works every single time. When that plane runs down that runway, the, the wind gets underneath the wings, the hot air, it splits the hot and cold air, and it begins to lift that plane up every time. Not one time does it not work. You get enough speed down that runway, it's going to go up. That plane's going to stay up. It's going to work every single time. That's a law. This is a law that Jesus is telling us. Whatever things you ask when you pray, believe you receive, and you shall have. Now, First John chapter 5, I believe, verse 10, talks about um, asking with confidence in the word of God and, and, and which is the will of God. So when we're going to ask for things that are found in the will of God, which is the word of God, we can understand that 
Well, the Lord just told me to turn there. Let's pause there. Go, I'm going to go to 1 John. I want to read it to you. 1 John chapter 5. Go there real quick. 1 John chapter 5. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Verse 14. 1 John chapter 5, verse 14. Jot this down. It says, now this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, which is his word, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know we have the petitions that we have asked of him. I want to read it one more time. 1 John chapter 5, verse 14 and 15. Now this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that, ha- that we have asked of him. All right. Now back to Mark chapter 11. Watch this. So now we are going to pray. And we're one of the definitions of the word pray is the word request. We're going to request. So we're going to pray. Jesus said here, whatever things you ask or request when you pray, when you're requesting or when you're talking to God, you are to believe that you receive them and you will have them. So God hears your prayer the moment you pray and you are to believe you receive before you see you will have. See, most people want to receive before they believe. But we ought to believe and then we'll receive. And you're to believe you receive before you see, then you will have. Is any of this making sense to you? Okay, so we do this. This is not difficult. We do this all the time. This is something we do all the time. I'm gonna use, I'm gonna use my brother Jerry as an example. Jerry's been with me a long time. I love this brother. It's been decades now that we've been together. Jerry is a dependable man, a trustworthy man. Jerry's a faithful man. I, if Jerry say he gonna do something, he gonna do it. If I ask Jerry, Jerry, can you come here tomorrow and vacuum this floor? And Jerry say, and Jerry say, yes, I'll do that, right? What's the next response I should say to Jerry after that? Thank you. you. Has he vacuumed the floor yet? But I'm saying thank you before he vacuumed the floor, right? So what am I doing? I'm trusting Jerry, who who, who we've got relationship. He can be trusted. I'm trusting Jerry to do what I'm asking him to do. And in the exact same conversation... I'm saying thank you for doing it before he's even done it. I hope y'all time to not here. I hope you time to not here. When we are praying and talking to God, as soon as you make that request that's found in his will, in his word, as soon as you ask him, you got a relationship with God. God is saying, I'll do that for you. And in your next breath, your next thing should be thank you. You should just be like, Thank you, Lord. Has it happened yet? No, but I thank God for it. Has it manifested? No, but I'm thanking God for it. Hallelujah. Somebody say thank you. you. We were, Zai approached me uh, when she was in the ninth grade. It feels like it was yesterday, and it was, that's been a long time ago. But 
she approached me like, and she said she wanted, she wanted a full ride scholarship to college. And I told her, this is all in your hands. You got to put in the work. But if you put in the work, I believe the favor of God will be on your life. And some college will, will pay you to come to the college. So I started praying, Lord, I, I ask, because he said, whatsoever things, full ride scholarship is a thing to a college. You ask the Lord, I ask you to give Zia a full ride scholarship. And what did I hear God say? Like, like Jerry said, I'll do it. God said, I'll do it. What's my next prayer? Thank you. So when, when, when college came up, it wasn't God, can you, come on, God, can you get a scholarship? Come on, God, can you do something? It was, thank you, God, for Zaz's full ride scholarship. I did it in the ninth grade. Thank you, God. And not just one time. Thank you, Lord, for the full ride scholarship. When she got in the tip, thank you, Lord, Zaz's going to receive a full ride scholarship. Babe, am I telling the truth? Thank you, Lord, for a full ride scholarship. Thank you, Lord. All of a sudden, she's a senior. She's applying, and all the schools she wanted to go to offer the full ride scholarship. What, what, what is that about? That's God. That's not me. This is a law. That works every time you put it to work. I was, I, if you've been listening to me, I've been talking about flying private. How many of you have been talking about, hearing me talking about flying private? Yeah, I've been, I'm, I'm going to fly, next time I fly, I'm going to fly. But that, I don't have no private money. I'm, can I just, I don't got it right now. I don't have any private money to fly private. I've been talking about flying private. Next time I fly, what do you hear me say? Next time I fly, I'm flying private. This is a thing. I said, Lord, I want to fly private. I, I believe I heard in my heart, okay. And then I started, thank you, Lord. Next time I fly, I'm going to fly private. Well, I get a call this week. And uh, a guy says, hey, can you run to Raleigh with me? I said, uh, all right, let me check my, yeah, sure. I go, how long are we going to be going? We're just going to be going 24 hours. What time are we leaving? We're going to leave Thursday at 4 o'clock. I'm like, man, that's right in the middle of traffic, man. We, you know, three-hour drive to Raleigh. I mean, that's, gosh, I wish we could leave a little sooner, but that's okay. I'm, I'm rolling with you. We get, I, he said, meet me at my hotel. I'll meet him at his hotel, and I said, all right, we, we're going to jump in. There was a car waiting for us, okay? We jumped in the car. I said, uh, where are we going? We're going to the airport. Oh, we're going to get to the airport. Next thing I know, we hopping on a private jet. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Not a nine-seater jet. Hallelujah. Flew to, flew to Raleigh. Get to Raleigh. And I'm the whole time, I'm going to show y'all some pictures this week. The whole time, I'm just cheesing. I'm smiling. I got my legs kicked up. I'm looking out the window. I'm just smiling. I'm there. Nine-seater. There's only four of us on this. Nine-seater, man. We stretched out talking. And we land, and man, ain't nothing like flying private. You get off that private jet, and you go into the little private thing, and here come a car. Got picked up in a Range Rover. I said, now this is the life, praise God. <laughs> Pick me up. We go get a hotel, we, you know, end up having a good time. Went to the hockey game that night, and next morning, he had to do some things. We flew back the next, the next day, and came home, flew back private. And, and I get back, and I, I come home, and see Stacy, and I got this big old smile on my face. Why am I telling this? Because Jesus said, what things soever you desire. I desire to fly private the next time I fly. And I believe the Lord said, you are my child. You're the righteousness of God. I love you. I'm going to work for you. Guess how much money I paid for all of this? 
Somebody shout it out. Zero dollars. God can get anything to you from anyone, anywhere, at any time. Glory be to God. This is how you experience true life. You have been listening to the ministry of Devon Alexander, pastor of True Life Fellowship Church in Charlotte, North Carolina. For more information, go to our website at www.truelifefc.org. You can also support this ministry financially through our website. Thank you, and remember to love, learn, live, and lead.